Hey folks, it's a special week here on So Baseball. It's time for So Golf. Starring Ab, Kevin, and Ross, we give you a big time preview of the Open, taking place for the first time in seven years at Scotland's Old Course. Let's get into the state of the PGA, the Open tournament history, and who is favored to win. It's just a good old time talking golf. That's so golf? That's so golf. Hello. Yeah. All right. All right. Hey. Hey. hey I'm back. All hey. right. It's definitely me. It was my home internet. I'm on 5G. I'm just standing in the one part of the house that has a good signal. Good. So we're going to just do it this way. That's that's awesome. And and uh, I'm looking really looking forward to this because I know that there's a, a, I know Ross and myself have a lot of questions and uh, I think you have a lot of answers. So, well, I'll try. Yeah. Oh. Well, I, wish I mean, to, again, you know, we should all have a Guinness really. To do we this. should. Oh, yeah. man. Should yeah. have a Guinness. But I mean, anyway. yeah. I mean, maybe for the um, Friday morning pod when we talk about who's made the cut. Um, and do they we, cut people after the first day? Now you're jumping ahead. No, no. Yeah. Second day. Saturday morning. All right. There we go. My bad, my bad. So let's, why don't you, Ross, why don't you do your usual, start the whole thing off, explain what we're talking about, and uh, and then we can take it from there. There we go. Okay. Well, I'd like to welcome you all to a very special episode of So Golf. I'm joined by my father, Ab Neglia, and my good friend, Kevin, who is uh, another one of our regular co-hosts. And we are going to talk about, we're going to do a preview episode uh, in advance of what some people call the British Open, but is actually just called the Open, as um, it's a very special year in that the tournament is being played at the old course in St. Andrews, the place where golf was invented. So we've brought in our golf expert, Ab, to answer every and all questions that Kevin and I can dream up about the course, the tournament, uh, the state of golf. And uh, I think what we, what we should start by saying and Ab, someone who has played this old course several times over the years, what, what is this course like? Um, What, what does it mean to say, this is a Lynx course, and and what other ways does this course differ from your standard, uh, you know, green-looking American golf course that most people are familiar with? Well, the Lynx course technically is a course that's along the sea. Oh, okay. So it's just along the sea. The beach comes along. It goes into a little dunes and then the course. And so basically old, the old course is very flat. Some of them are hillier, but most of them are pretty flat. The, um, the grass is very dry. It's very firm. The, the um, you know, the classic Lynx course has all these little pot, pot bunkers which means very small little round bunkers with very straight faces, like a big pot you put on mm-hmm. the stove. So some of them, some of them are big, but most of them are quite little. So you could, you know, you could barely swing your club. In. You just have enough room to swing your club and get the ball out if you gotcha. know how. Yeah. But it's a lot different than, um, American or other court, what they call parkland courses, because it doesn't usually have a lot of trees on it. It's kind of windswept from the sea. And of course, the weather can be really a factor if it's really windy or especially if it's rainy. But it's very hard and firm. The grass is very short. You can putt your ball from way off the green. Yeah. Because the fairway in green is very similar in length and firmness. Right. 
So being 50 yards off the greens, you wouldn't even know if you're on or off the green sometimes. So now, do they actually have to maintain the course this way, or is that just the way this land is? Uh, and they just sort of leave it. Well, um, a lot of the courses, I think they just leave, but some of them are a little more maintained. They do maintain the greens and stuff. Um, you know, watering those and that kind of thing, but they're not maintained like a, like an Augusta. Right. Which is pristine, but the old course has, you know, has what's called gorse, which are these big thorny bushes along the outside and sometimes internally in between holes. Right. It's, it's got a lot of little kind of heather grass which is kind of thin looking wheat like grass that you can hit out of. And so it's, the course is pretty much wide open. You can hit to the next fairway. And a lot of times you purposely hit to the other fairway to avoid going in a pot bunker. So I mean, from the, from a, from an observer's view, uh, an amateur's view, I'd say the old course at St. Andrews is just one of the most atmospheric and sort of almost holy sites in all of sports um, and just how old it is. I mean, it's like, you know, the oval or Lords in cricket or, or, you know, just like these, these sacred sites that uh, you kind of can't even believe you're there at the moment that you're playing it. Did you get that kind of feeling playing this well, course? You do get that kind of feeling, but because it's been, you know, the tradition, you've watched it and you've watched the Open Championship being played there. Um, so it's got this mystique as the home of golf. And so there's a lot of other Lynx courses that are almost as old and but just not as famous as the old course because they haven't been playing played as much or shown as much on TV, but the old course being, you know, the number one home of golf is why it has that mystique. And when you go there, you do feel like that because you see, you know, you see all the history there and it hasn't changed in, you know, a couple hundred years. The course is almost the same as when they first started it. Yeah. So it hasn't been, you know, lengthened out or changed a lot or, you know, like a lot of these courses are all redone by different architects. Nothing's been changed in the old course significantly. And, and this it, it's, it is considered the oldest course in golf, right? Like it's, right. it's the, the oldest remaining course, I believe. Yes. Um, which is pretty, pretty amazing. So when you just think that you're playing places that all these, you know, great golfers of the past and all these great tournaments they've had there, you know, from old Tom Morris and all this, you know, all the old Scots that were there. Um, so it's really cool when you go there. And especially the, even the town of St. Andrews, the whole town is really all about golf. Everything there is golf. There's a million golf shops. All the pubs all have golf photos up and everybody is talking about what they shot today, where they played, um, you know, so it's just really like, so golf. <laughs> <laughs> to bring it, it all home. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think it's, it's uh, to Ross's point, I think it's up there with also like uh, the Kentucky Derby in a sense. It's also a very old, same place right kind of situation um and right. and the, it's and it's all i think it's also pretty down the difference i think which is amazing is that someone like yourself could actually play this course like none of us could go race a horse in kentucky derby or right play yeah. softball cool. at fenway park or whatever right. you know whatever you are you know kind of thing so i think that's the other accessibility to it is is pretty amazing that so talk a little bit about that like how 
you were saying about this course and you know it, it hasn't changed and does that make it extremely difficult or were it, oh actually the thing i want to say is because this is like when you see something on tv your whole life and you actually get there what was that feeling of just the space that's what i'm really curious about of how you you visioned it before you got there and when you actually got there what was your your well oh wow this is like right there you know, well when you get to the first tee you know it's so special like hey this is your turn to play it you're gonna tee off mm. you know and they have they have the starter there and of course he's all set to take pictures of everybody you know you give them your camera and every foursome wants their picture taken sure. on the first tee with the you know the clubhouse in the background and it's pretty much a standard photo like i sent you guys yeah and you know so everybody takes that there's people who are right there watching you know tourists or whatever you can walk right up there you know within 20 yards of the first tee mm. and right in front of the clubhouse and watch everybody tee off so it's kind of nerve-wracking at that, first that's know? what i was going to ask you was it, it, it it's you know it's like stepping up to the plate you know and there it you is are. but like... the the first and the first fairway and the 18th fairway butt up against each other going opposite ways oh gotcha. so the fairway is enormous you know, it's like two big wide football fields. Oh wow! So, so there's some forgive some forgiveness. There's a lot of forgiveness. My oh, first that's good. shot, my first shot ever. I got up there with a driver, and I pulled it, and the ball started shooting off toward the 18th tee. <laughs> <laughs> and Did you kept... have to yell four on the first hole. Um, I didn't have to yell for it. Luckily, no one was in the 18th fairway. Oh, God. Okay. But it, it started shooting off toward the Swilkin Bridge, which is <laughs> on the 18th hall. And yeah, it the kept, fastest completion of the course ever. Right. And it kept going and going. And it, it stopped about five yards from going out of bounds on the left. Oh, my oh, Lord. Which wow. is about, you know, 150 yards offline. Good Lord. So, we, so did you put that down to nerves or were yeah. you a little rusty from the flight or what was going on? No, because we had played a few days before we played the old course. Okay. So I wasn't that rusty. I think it was just nervousness. I just sure. Too fast, you know. I just swung too fast. and I can it. only imagine. So then, you know, you play the first hole, which isn't that long. None of the par yeah. fours are that long. Plus yeah. That, you you that get so much question. run. It's like hitting it down the street it just keeps bounding away right and so you can really knock it way down there but it's so all to, uh, sorry go ahead now i was going to say it's all about the shot to the green first you, you try to hit a safe shot out of the bunkers then the next shot is where you're going to hit it to the green of course we had caddies so they would tell us okay you got 130 yards hit your 100 yard club because it's gonna it's gonna bounce up and right you, know, you don't want to go over here or they'll they'll tell you after they watch you a few holes they know what kind of golfer you are so then they can direct you mostly to stay out of the bunkers D does everyone have caddies when they golf there or is that no the, you, you, you don't so have to you don't have to take a caddy Oh, okay. I, it, see, it seems like the place that they would make you take them, so they just keep you moving along. <laughs> well, they they do want to keep you moving along. Yeah. So, because there's so many people trying to play. The first time we played it, we teed off at five at night. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. But it probably was summer, so it's, it was like light till like 10 p.m. It was in June. It was light until 10. Yeah. yeah. We finished about a little after probably around 9 30 amazing you're out there golfing in the middle of the night yeah so, so um just um i have a couple different questions based on what you just said but um my my brother dave who wanted to join us today but had a work commitment he, he's gonna he's gonna jump on for maybe one of the other um golf pods this week um maybe the the mid 
mid-tournament episode. But um, as we know, Dave likes to putt from anywhere on the fairway. Uh, would Dave would Dave have an advantage at one of these Scottish style old oh, courses? Oh, definitely. If you're a bad chipper, like I'm not a very good chipper, but so if you're not a good chipper, you really have an advantage here because I'm used to putting like Dave off the green, so it makes it a lot easier to put off the green here. Because it's just a long putt, but I mean, you have to be used to putting a long way, but you don't have to putt through any rough. Right. So, is it a hard course? Is it? It's hard. It's hard because there's all these undulations. Mm -hmm. Nothing Mm -hmm. is flat, even though the course itself is flat, like no big steep hills. The the fairways and the the greens especially are all bumpy and wavy. Mm-hmm. So now how many all... pot bunkers on your average hole? Well, there's probably two or three in the fairway and then two or three around each green. Gotcha. And the trick yeah. about the, the, the pot bunkers, even though they're small, they catch a lot of balls because everything kind of drains down into them. Uh-huh. They've, they've placed so, them at the spot most likely to catch the most balls. Right. So mm. everything will funnel off. Like you look like you're going to go right up the center of the green. And then all of a sudden it'll hit a little hill and start turning, turning, and then get sucked into a pot bunker. Oh boy. So, and they're, they're very penalizing. Cause you essentially just have to, get out you, just have, you can't you play just have to blast it out right you can't advance it because probably the the top of it is waist high yikes yeah yeah no there i've seen it, it it's uh exactly and a lot of that too dates to the fact that this is a very old course and was not designed with cad or <laughs> some other some other designing mechanism to come up with type of course. And they, and I think they've kept it the way it was originally designed. So it, it adds exactly. to the, adds to the, you know, it's built into the, the land. I think that's the yeah. exciting thing yeah. about it is that you're actually playing over land. And it, it's similar to say like a ballpark, say like Fenway that's built to fit that space. So they have the big wall, you know what I mean? It's that type right. of mentality that it's not, you know, it's not like your NBA basketball court or NFL, you know, field. It's it plays into that terrain issue, uh, which is is really really interesting and and um, and grabbing. And so, how many times have you played there? I mean, tr- separate I've played trips. three. I've played three times. Wow. Yeah. What we was your best round? 2010, 11, and twelve. My best round was eighty nine. The last time I played, I shot 89. I birdied 18. Nice. Wow. For an 89. Beautiful. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I guess I'm getting getting to know it a little bit. <laughs> but I've always had the caddies, and the caddies always tell you all the trouble on the old course is to the right off the tee. Oh, boy. Because the right side is is the outside of the course so you go out nine holes you mm. loop around and then you come back oh gotcha yeah and so the outside of the course is always on your right so if you slice the ball you're always going to be in the trouble right so where you can i don't want to play this course you can yeah. utilize the other at the other side because it's it's less uh less well because everything everything on the left is internal right so and there's it, not ob you can actually play back no into OB. your own yeah there's no ob so you can hit as far left as you want right you're not going to be in trouble i mean you might be in a bush yeah but more likely than not if you can find it you're going to be able to hit it again hit it back back on course so this right wow that's yeah it's fascinating um but when you do these golf trips to scotland 
you don't just play the old course. You play all the St. Andrews courses that you can get onto. Plus you've played other Scottish courses. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, the old course, um, the old course, I mean, you play it once and then you go play the other courses where you play the new course, which is, which is about, I like think 10 years younger than the old course. <laughs> <laughs> so you play the, you play the new course, you pay the Jubilee, you play King's Barnes. Um, there's so many great courses. You play. Um, where what was that one you, you sent us the picture of? Bonnie Bridge? No, that's in Ireland. Oh, oh. No, that's Bally Bunyan. That's, that was in Ireland. Yeah, that's uh, in Kerry. We went and La Hinch is another one in Ireland. Yeah, that's where the goats are. Yep. Oh, my bad. Okay. Sorry. I didn't That's the difference. That. We'll get to that point. But, but I, I, so, so, and then just a, in terms of the old course and the other courses, the actual open rotates through the courses, correct? Or do they play? Yes. Five uh, courses usually. It's There's a, five, a five course rotation. Right. So, and this, why this year is a special year because it's 150th anniversary and they're playing the old course, um, mm. which is so they every. Must every but, five years but they haven't played here since 2015 so they must have skipped a couple of well, well two years they didn't play COVID. the open oh because of covid they didn't play the open at all yeah oh yeah there was a thing called the pandemic ross I hate to tell you but... right i've been hearing about this yeah I'm, i probably need to look into this but um yeah. um hasn't really been on my radar um they played last year okay so they skipped a couple of years um so let's get into a little primer for our listeners. Um, we have a baseball listenership, but also just a big sports sports fan li listenership in general. Um, we've got um, we've got a lot of favorites going out. We've got McElroy, Rom, Scheffler, the Spieth, the usual suspects. Um, uh, I, I was looking at an interesting article that's saying. Of all the top finishers in 2015, what are their 2022 odds? So the winner in 2015 was Zach Johnson. He's currently a 30,000 to one uh, odds to win this season. Whereas well, that's, that's pretty far back. Whereas Jordan Spieth, who came in fourth in 2015, he's actually uh 1500 a plus 1500 to win so he's a 15 to 1 odds to win this year so he's actually got the best carryover who was a top finisher in 2015 um if looking down the list other top finishers who are also favored this year are uh Ustazen Ustazen yeah <laughs> he well, finished second in 2015, he's a plus 4,000. Um, so 40, 40 to one chance for our guy. Uh, Justin Rose plus 6,000. Adam Scott finished 10th. He's a plus 8,000. Brooks Kepka, he's finished 10th. He's a plus 5,000. So there's some regular, so there's some folks who did well last time who are still threatening this time. Now, when you say last time, you're just talking about the specific. I'm talking about course. 2015. Yeah. Right, because 2015 was the last time that they did the uh, the old course. The old but, course. But you know, a lot of a lot of those guys are getting older from 2015. Correct. Mm -hmm. Zach Johnson, you know, he's he's probably past his prime, although he still can play. But. I don't think you can do much, say much about how they were playing seven years ago and then relate it to today, even though it's the same course. Yeah. No, I I, you're, I, you're more, more likely to say, well, how did they play last year? Yeah. At the open, even though it wasn't at the old course, you know, more, um, more where was, uh, where was last year's, um, where was last year's open held? It was uh, at the, the, the Royal St. George's. Interesting. Good, good one, Kev. Yeah, I was going to say Brookdale, but okay, Royal St. George's. And who won that? Colin Murakawa. Okay, there yeah. we go. Good. You both get yeah. credit for that. And Jordan, Last... Jordan Spieth 
Is that how you pronounce his name? Jordan Spieth? Yeah, Spieth. He, he came in second. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so last I, year, I, he's I, I, won I, already. So Spieth <laughs> is won. Yeah. The British, or the Open, we should say. Um, there's a few people that have won that are, that are playing. So Mickelson has won. Who? Mickelson. Your boy, Phil. I have the flag of that one. And nice. I'll have to send you that photo. So Mickelson's playing. Woods is playing. Oosthuizen has won. Uh, Zach Johnson is probably, is like you said, is playing. Um, Morikawa, Spieth. Shane Shane Lowry also is playing. Yeah, Shane Lowry. Yeah, Shane Lowry is one. Mm -hmm. I don't think Molinari is playing. Yeah, that and and that's something to give a shout out to is that was an Italian who won it in twenty eighteen, the hundred forty seventh, and first Italian to win. Yeah, that's just pretty pretty. It was pretty incredible. Um. But so my so I I think the question that I have for you then regarding this this idea of who's who's in a better place or who who's who wants it more kind of so to speak too is that you know I think you're right I don't think it's about who played in 2015 other than maybe they really want to win it um, but who's been playing really well and. And how does that translate, right, from like the U.S. Open uh, or the Masters leading into this, this you know, crown jewel, no, no pun intended, of the, mm-hmm. of the, of the golf, and and how does that play into it? Because the guy I really liked who won the U.S. Open, Matt Fitzpatrick, like, what do you, does he have a chance? See, I he... like I like his chances because even though he hasn't played here a lot mm-hmm. he's played on links a lot because he's english so he's playing well and he's played links courses you take somebody like zelatoris who's playing really well but i don't think he's ever even played the old course or maybe once gotcha you know, he's not used to links right so i wouldn't think he's gonna play that well Right. And that, that's, and, and also I think it's the, the idea of that pressure, right. The, the, you know, like Matt Fitzpatrick really looked great to that pressure in the U S open. Of course, there was a great history about him playing there as a kid and all the other stuff. Well, yeah, that's right. going to add to his comfort level. If, yeah. if that, if that course is like kind of where he came up, you know, I mean, if the U S open was held at Meadow Lake in Carlsbad, I'd have a decent shot. Exactly. Yep. So, but <laughs> thanks, Shoffley. Shoffley is really playing well. He won the Scottish Open last week. Oh, okay. So he's the San Diego kid. Shoffley. Yeah, Xander Shoffley. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's rated very high to chances. So, to win. so he's he's got a good chance. I like Cameron Smith too, the Australian kid. He's a really good player, and he's a good putter, and he's got a good short game. He's a good sand player, and see, he'd be my he'd be my dark horse. Although he's not really dark horse, I don't yeah. know what his odds are. So but, w- w- then, let me ask you this too: How do you get into this tournament? Like, is it because you have people, uh, you know, from you have to be a previous winner? I think you have to be in the top fifty. In the world rankings. But because then, it's an open, there's probably a qualifier, right? No, there's qualifying also. Yeah. We, we could have all tried to qualify. Right. Exactly. You can be an amateur and actually get into this tournament since it's an right. open. Yeah. There's, I right. love that. There's that aspect. Again, another crazy thing of golf that, you know, like, can you imagine, hey, I'm going to try out for the Giants, um, you know, and see right. if I can get, having, into the, get into the game. Right. We got two spots. Yeah on the roster and everybody in the u.s can can try yeah it's pretty amazing um so there's that part of it now now i like to ask about because this is the the big hot um subject in golf and how this will play into this this whole 
uh, is it live or or liv live or, yeah. yeah live and and there no one from that has been banned from being in this tournament correct everyone is not this year not this year yeah because what they said was we set up the criteria at the beginning of the year here's who gets in these winners these rankings blah 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 so people qualified then they joined live now so for our we, listeners who yes, are not give golf a little background fans, give, can either of you please explain what we're talking about well the live tour is a tour that has just recently started they've played two tournaments started by greg norman and backed by the saudis who are supplying the money and it's a new what's called worldwide tour but really it's it's mostly in the u.s and a few overseas venues Mm. um so the, it's the money supplied get, by the Saudis, but the um, the courses are not in Saudi Arabia. No, correct. I thought okay. I think I, they do play. I think they do play one the, one tournament there. Yeah, they'll probably have, have one been, showcase there or some of that. Sort they of have thing, been but. playing a tournament in Saudi Arabia for the last ten years, maybe. Right. So this isn't like On an upstart PG- assault. This is like an upstart threat to the pga basically it's another tour it's just like the asian tour the canadian tour and somebody greg norman said well let's start another tour you know we'll call it you know the live tour so yeah and that was my question too because there are these other tours around the world that are taking place and and the pga didn't feel they were some sort of uh, you know, opposition, so to speak. They, they've they never... I mean, really... regardless what you think about this new tour or the politics behind it, this is an open. Um, everybody has to be allowed to play this, regardless of what tour they're playing. Not on. not next year. like No, next year, it, it, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. It, maybe with the live tour. If you play on the live tour, and what the reason people are joining is because they're giving huge bonuses to sign up yeah like a hundred million dollars so if someone can get a hundred million dollars like DeChambeau to sign up why wouldn't he even if he gets kicked off the PGA tour he's never going to make a hundred million on the PGA tour he's figuring so or I think he got a hundred and a quarter so that's why people are joining up. But mm. the, the the PGA is saying, well, you know, they're going to dilute our tour by taking all these big names. Mickelson, you know, Dustin Johnson, DeChambeau, Oosthuizen. But a couple, a lot of the guys are kind of over the hill guys. Mm. Lee Westwood, Poulter, Pat Perez. You know, they're all in their 40s. Your buddy. Yeah. So they're not going to make as much money on the PGA Tour. So they might as well go cash in on the Live Tour. But what's going to happen is when they play on the Live Tour and they still make money to win on the Live Tour, um, and it also has a team aspect, but they're not going to get world ranking points. So they could win every live tour and they're still not going to get any points in the world ranking. So say you were number 50 and you got to play the open every year. Now you're going to drop down. Mm. Yeah. You're not going to qualify for the open. So the, whatever global organization global, like the essentially the FIFA of um, golf is saying, we don't acknowledge this tour to the extent that, we don't if these wins that you're getting on your kind of breakaway tour are not going to count for your ranking to qualify you for the big you know the major tournaments exactly that so seems that seems harsh decided that's well it decided that it, yeah. it the thing that's very similar to this that i can come up with in my lifetime is the usfl and 
what the USFL was doing was trying to compete with the NFL in real time and taking stars. They signed Steve Young, they took Herschel Walker, um, you know, these kind of um, kind of players of that sort. Um, and the so and that was my question is the PGA had kind of some work has some sort of working agreement with these tours overseas of some level, correct? That they didn't feel them as competition. Right. They didn't. Although a lot of the European players came over and played the PGA tour, they still went and played the European tour, but a lot of them switched over to the PGA tour. Right. Because that's really, it's kind of like the NFL. That was the big, that was the big tour. And the other ones were kind of, you know, minor league tours. Yeah, a chance to get it. yourself recognized, and then you go for it in the in the. Uh... Now, what is the big objection to this? Is it just well the source of the money? Because I feel like big, this is a little that's hypocritical. A big, that's a big objection. People are, you know, because they've had protests by all kinds of people who are anti-Saudi. You know, the the nine eleven families and. You know, the Khashoggi, you know, murder, yeah. sup- murders, um, mm-hmm. you know, critics. I mean, I get critics. it. And that's those are all valid points. But I find it to be a little bit of, uh, hypocritical, given that um, the U.S., not to make this a political podcast, but the, the U.S. government does just fine um, selling arms to Saudi Arabia. Yep. Um to the tune of a trillion dollars, you know, like, uh... right. But I think, I think the main focus here is, and and the main objection is not the political stuff. The main objection is the PGA and their financial stranglehold on golf. And they don't want to give that up. And all of a sudden they're going up against this thing because we can talk about the politics of PGA and, and the masters and men's clubs, et cetera, et cetera, as well. So, but I think the PGA is very worried that they can't compete. They were competing with prestige, not with money, where all of a sudden this right. new organization is coming with money and is pulling players away. And so they're trying to combat that with, with, um, with making rule changes to penalize anyone who decides to go and get the money. Like Ab was saying, you know, you're offering someone a hundred million dollars to put their name onto your product. You're not going to get a hundred million dollars from the PGA, even if you work your butt off. And so, um, so it, it, I think that's the, the main uh, Ross, I think that's the main, like why the PGA is so yeah upset, you know? Well, Ab, I'll let you go first. But yeah. Then I'll jump in. Well, no, I agree. That's, that's why they're upset. And, as it turns out, now all of a sudden the PGA is saying, well, we're going to increase the purse. We're going to do this. That You know, they've made a lot of concessions already since the Live Tour right. has started competing with them. So, you know, it's actually been good for the players. If you look um, at the, um, the failed, if you guys remember from just last year, the failed um, European Super League in soccer, where the top three or four teams from each of the big European soccer leagues decided to break off and go form a big Super League in Europe where Barcelona, Madrid, Inter Milan, AC Milan, Juve, like the top three or four clubs were going to go form this Super League and tell UEFA to go stuff it. And we're, we, we just want to play each other and take more of the money and um and there was a kind of a grassroots revolt from the fans telling their clubs hey no don't go play in this this is bullshit we want we want internet uh we want club football and european club football to be a meritocracy we want you to earn your way into european competitions through your domestic leagues and we like this the way this works and promotion and relegation and uh um and so the the fans themselves starting with chelsea but also other clubs speaking out and saying look don't go do this we won't we won't come to games anymore we're done we're out and the clubs um heard the you know they heard the feedback 
and they all one by one backed out. And I think if the fans now, I know there's not the same type of fandom in, in individual sports like golf, that there is in a team sport like soccer. But um, if the fans say, you know what, I haven't been following the live, um, you know, I, I dig, I dig the masters. I watch PGA. Um, you know, I'm not really focused on the live thing. I don't even know what channel it's on. Um, that's going to be uh, the signals to these folks like, Hey, yeah, you know, this is the USFL or, or, you know, like some sort of secondary garbage league. And if these guys um, want to feel like, Hey, I'm the best in the world at my sport playing against the other best in the world. I need to stick with the PGA. Do you right. think that well, that's the, that's the, the bottom line of the PGA guys like Tiger and McElroy. That's what they're saying. You know, this is the tour. This has the history. This is playing against the best guys and it's not a 54 hole tournament um, like the live tour. And, you know, we're just going to stick with, you know, the traditional. Ab, we lost you for a sec. Now somebody tried to call me. Oh, you said so, we're not going to stick with the traditional. We're not going to, we're going to stick with the traditional golf, uh, you know, format. golf program, which is the PGA. 72 holes. Yeah. So, I didn't know they played fewer holes. That's weird. Yeah, they only played fifty-four Three holes. Three days. So interesting. Okay. And they're only going to have like fourteen tournaments a year. So that was the other draw. We'll give you all this money. You only have to play fourteen weeks instead of thirty-two. So, who wouldn't I mean, join up? Who wouldn't you join know? Up if they I said, Ross, you only have to work four months a year. And uh, we'll triple your salary if you come with us. You're like, I'm in. Be right there. I mean, I just think it, it's so hard to kind of pinpoint the, the source of funds for um, corporate America, the global economy. Um, all of these golfers are wearing huge <laughs> sponsor um, logos on everything. And Lord knows what these folks are up to. Right. Uh, I, mean, I won't we know any names because half of them are probably a client of my firm, but uh, just like, you know, to point my, to point fingers at this, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly thrilled that the world cup is being held in Qatar for a number of humanitarian reasons, but um, you know, there's a few different arguments to against this. And there's also kind of a, Hey, you know, don't take a holier than either because Where's, you know, where's your money coming from? Well, we've had the Olympics in China, Russia, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, again, like I think the it's the PGA thing. I think the other thing that's going on right now is the Pac-12 and this oh, other type oh. of thing of where, where you have this consolidation of, and this is where it's getting really, you know, kind of everyone just kind of fighting for their monetary territory don't get me started no i'm not i'm not going there because that's a whole other thing <laughs> but what i'm saying is that that this is the root of it it's not it's not um it's not a holier than thou part of it it's all about the money right like yeah, that, exactly. that super that super league you were talking about in in soccer um that was all about the money and um and 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 that's 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 a debate for all kinds of things pga is you know like i said it's they're just trying to find their way i mean we're we're talking sports that have evolved from being not a lot of money to becoming very lucrative um on many different levels and um and and that's that's just a, an ongoing process that they're you know yeah. are always looking for more money i mean that's that's just part of it but I want to. I had a couple other questions about the actual tournament, and one part that I was fascinated by that I discovered on a trip to Ireland once, um, and also want to get your input, Ab, because you've played some of these courses. Is so I was in Ireland in 1992, and listening to local radio, and 
all of a sudden these people start calling in the local radio station, like a talk show in the West of Ireland. And they're like, Oh, I saw this golfer today. And I saw this. And, and so I found out that it was the week before the open and that all these professional golfers go to Ireland on the West coast, mostly of Ireland to practice before the, uh, before the open. And it creates quite a scene because you have these, extremely hugely professional popular golfers playing these courses um on the edge of you know europe basically and i and you've played some of these courses so i just wanted to kind of get your your input on that and your knowledge on that well really curious the, the ones in the ones in ireland are a little bit different than the scottish courses you mm-hmm. know belly bunyan and Lahinch, like you saw the pros playing i think they just well, they might go to practice, but the courses are so um, traditional, like the old course. You know, I mean, it's almost as famous to go play mm. Bally Bunyan. Right. But, but I think also there's there's a bit of, and you tell me otherwise, it, it, obviously there's time zone. You know, you want to practice in some place that's in the same time zone as where you're going to be playing pretty much. And then also, is is the weather similar? I, I know that's a kind of a well. A, 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 Ireland West Coast can get really it can wet. get wet. Ireland is really rainy. Yeah. Um. So it can be more rainy there. Mm. And St Andrews I'm is on the sure. leeward side of Scotland, right? It's on the. It's on the east coast. Right. And and did when you played there? I mean, how many times have you played in Ireland and? And what were those those experiences like in well, terms we of played, comparison? We played one week in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we like we like Scotland better. I don't know why, but maybe it was just the food was better, or the just the experience. You know, we drove all the way from St Andrews all the way up to Inverness, up way north. And played the courses up there, Castle Stewart, Royal Dornick, and oh wow! Do you see some, the uh, Northern Lights? Uh, no, we didn't see the Northern Lights, but it wasn't the right time of year. Apparently not. But um, <laughs> I don't know what the right time is, but we didn't see them. But and, um, and, and so, in comparison, are the Irish courses maybe a little bit more rustic than those courses, or what was your um, your takeaway, like just the kind of the facilities or that type of thing? No, it kind of varies. I mean, there's some really, you know, like Royal Dornick, which is way up north. It's a very famous old course. I mean, that's awesome too. It's like probably my second favorite after the old course. Even though I only played it one time, it was it was really awesome as oh, far cool. as the Lynx course. Yeah. Um, but some of the, I don't know, some of the courses in Ireland are not Lynx, so we didn't all play Lynx courses. We're in, we're in Scotland. We were mostly just doing Lynx courses. So, um, you know, now, who are, has they're uh... similar. Yeah, I mean, it's you can't really compare two countries like that. Yeah, I mean, it's a little different, but they're similar. They're totally different than American courses. It's like trying to compare Jameson to Lafroig. You know, it's <laughs> exactly. Like... Yeah. Exactly. Well, well, I th- I think it's I I think it's interesting too because you you um you obviously have you know you've had a lot of you know small nation of Ireland you've had a lot of top golfers come from there um and the the tradition of golfing in ireland is a whole is a whole other thing as well um maybe not as old as scotland but it definitely has a has a long history um so i found i found i just found it really fascinating because it was uh that's where my family's from is in that that area in the west southwest of of Ireland. Yeah. My grandmother's from that area. Oh, so there, it was just, and that's who I was staying with my cousins who lived there. So that's why um, you were randomly over there listening to AM radio. Well, that was just, I mean, as always, I mean, if you, you know, just anything you can do to get closer to a culture 
I um, agree. You know, AM radio is is pretty good. Um, even Absolutely. if you don't speak the language, um, you can still get a lot from it. Yeah. Um, when I was in Rome and listening to Radio Centro Suono, I mean, that brought me that brought me into the culture, man. I was yeah. super into it. But um, one thing, another thing I'll say about like golf, or maybe this is a two-parted thing. Um, golf, golf is wonderful for a lot of levels. And, um, you know, uh, especially these old courses that really are built into the land, you can really kind of, and I, I'll look for the, I'll look for the players this week to try and do this. When you see somebody who's really um, in their element, they've almost kind of made, they've made a connection with the, the course and the land to sort of, um, to, to, to find like a harmony. And you see they're like very calm and they're, they're just like very at peace out there and they're not hacking away. Um, and I feel everybody who plays golf kind of, when they're having that great day, they're just, they're just um, really kind of, uh, fi they find a little symbiosis with, with the, the, the piece of land that they're playing on. I guess it, it's probably a lot easier on these, these courses that still resemble what they looked like 300 years ago. But well, also, so go ahead, Ab. No, I was going to say, the people who have poor patience as far as golfers, I don't think they're going to do too well on a Lynx course. Like John Rahm, he's really good, but he's kind of a hothead. Yeah. And if you are playing in the old course and a ball is going, like I said, looks like it's going just great you hit it exactly where you wanted and then all of a sudden it takes a little turn and it goes in a pop bunker and it's right up against the wall you know it's so unlucky and some people are just going to say well you know that's that's a bad break whereas some people are just going to be so pissed off that you know it's going to affect your whole day yeah, has John Rom ever snapped a, a club over his leg? Because he seems oh. like that kind of guy. <laughs> I'm sure he has. <laughs> I'm sure he has. That was my takeaway from the U.S. I Open, mean, that guy was just like because I, I have to tell you, I, I haven't watched a lot of golf recently. I, I've, I've, um, but I mean, in you know, in my lifetime, I haven't watched a lot. But recently, I watched the U.S. Open with with passion after discussing with you actually. And um, and that was really it was a, a different take on it. I mean, I just think golfing in general, especially uh, had the great uh, privilege of working on a commercial with Matt Kuchar. And um, and that was just incredible, you know, because commercials, there's a lot of repetitiveness, you know, of of, OK, let's do that again. Let's take that shot again. And he was taking the same swing and that ball was landing almost in the same little, you know, six foot circle, <laughs> like one after the other. It was incredible. Well, that's how those guys, you know, yeah. that's why they're pros. Yeah, exactly. And in that, but that level of, of, of being that close to it, when they take that yeah. swing and the, the power that they generate with their focus okay. of their body, um, is, was pretty amazing. It was very similar to the first time I got really close to an NFL practice which happened to be in England with the, uh, the Redskins and the 49ers when they played those, those preseason games. A buddy of mine took me to their, where they were practicing in Crystal Palace, where the football team was. And um, just seeing them hit each other, even in practice that close, I was like, oh, geez. You know, I've been to games before, but to be on the same level with them. And yeah, it's terrifying. Powerful, the it's, sounds you hear yeah. When you get up close to a football game is uh, terrifying. Right. And, but, and to um, see it, but to see a golfer of Matt Kuchar's, you know, stature do, and he's a very tall man, do that swing and just the, just the, 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 the completeness of everything was pretty amazing. So um, I've learned yeah. to appreciate it more and more. So that, yeah, that's well, Kev, it's away. never too late to take up golf. And um, you know, it is kind of a magical sport in a way that like, uh, you know, um, like with Ab's experience, you know, um, uh, you know, I can't, um, I can't take the field at Yankee Stadium, and I can't right. take the court at uh, Madison Square Garden, or put on the pads and 
and uh, walk out on Soldier Field, but I I can play yeah. golf in the same courses in the same way that these guys are doing it. And, um, you know, it's an incredibly social sport. Uh, so many great friendships are, are forged and, and, and continued over the golf course. So it's like, um, you know, it's a great week to just celebrate the culture of golf um, and the, you know, the, the relationships that you make through golf. And uh, so um, I've really enjoyed having this chat with you guys. I'm going to definitely be watching more attentively than I typically do, even for the Masters. Just because well, I love. Have to, you're going to have to tape it because it comes on early. What you know, it's it runs during the day, but it's mostly you know it might start at four in the morning or something. Yeah, so, I'll get up. I'll get up. No, DVR at all. And, and yeah. speaking on that, it, it I believe, and, and Ab, correct me if I'm wrong. I think only Saturday and Sunday are on NBC, right? And I then some of the USA. others like on Peacock and USA. Oh, no. and... Peacock yeah, it's on USA. It's on okay. USA. I can't so. pay for one more streaming thing. No, Peacock is where I draw the line. No, you don't need Peacock. Okay, good. That's what um, you want those to, are words to live know. by, actually. You don't need peacock. All right. So before we go, let's have our picking? predictions. Okay. I'm going with Cameron Smith. Okay. Whoa. Long shot. I like Shoffley, too. But I don't know. I, for some reason, I think Smith is due. Ross? I like that pick. Kevin? Oh, you want me to go next? So I, I'm 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 going with Matt Fit, Fitzpatrick as my number one pick. I just think, you know, I I just think the carryover of of having that under his belt with the winning the U.S. Open is pretty cool. But I think I think then the other one that um, who's been practicing with Tiger Woods in Ireland is Rory uh, McIlroy. No, you're I not think... allowed two picks. That was going to be my pick. So um, you can't take two picks. Sorry, well, you're, you're, I've just took two picks. No. <laughs> yeah, he did. He said he said, I, he said I would have taken Shepley. It's a but... secondary pick. Yeah, exactly. My pick. that's my secondary. This pick. is a snake draft. You're not you allowed just change to take. The, what are you? What are you like the PGA? Like you're just all right. Well, I don't know too many golfers, and I was going to go with Rory. So now you've well, stolen okay. my guy. Go you're going Rory. with Rory as your first pick. Yeah, exactly. He's my secondary pick. All right. My Fair secondary enough. pick, I think, would be uh, maybe Thomas. Justin Thomas. Yeah. Okay. He's up there. Yeah. He's nice. Good. Now, does anyone, let's, let's just throw it out there, because Tiger Woods is in this tournament, correct? He is. He is. Does he have any chance of being in the top 10? He does. I think he does have a chance. Okay. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, I think it could be his, I don't want to say swan song, but... I think it could be one of his last great opportunities to do something. Yeah. Agreed. Because I think the course itself leads to that, right? Like, like yeah. you were saying, it, it could, it could knock some of these highly rated people and, you know, odds mm -hmm. people out because of the thing where he's got, he's, he has never, has he ever won on this course? I, I, yeah. Uh, twice. Oh, he, on this exact course, he won twice. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Okay, because he's won the Open, I think. It's Scotland three times. It's, three times, yeah. It's it's Shakespeare. It's Macbeth. It's a cauldron. It's it's the fog rolling in over yeah. the volcanic dunes. I mean, come on, this so is he, a powerful, powerful stuff. And he Tiger, won in Tiger's two, got there, the magic. Yeah, and Tiger won here in two thousand at Saint Andrews, the first time he won there, and he beat everyone by eight strokes. Right which is insane. And then he won in 2005 there and he beat everyone by five strokes. Okay. Well, so he definitely he makes the cut. That's going to be good enough for me. Yeah, I think, well, I think there's just a, you know, and the fact he was practicing with, uh, with, you know, your number one pick, um, <laughs> um, you know, there's something to be said there. I, I just think it's going to be exciting. And I, and I, and I want to thank Ab for, for making it that much more exciting because you brought like a whole personal touch to it and that's re i really appreciate that well we could get into it more as we go along this week yeah we will 
um, definitely um, another pod after two after the first two days and then a wrap up pod afterwards. But, um, you know, we can always do like mini pods as as events, big events happen. So we'll just play it, play it by ear. But it, at the very soonest, I'll talk to you guys on Saturday morning. And I have one last question, just so I understand. What happens if there's a tie? Do they do the, the immediate four round holes. or they play a hole? Four holes. Four holes. And it's right after or do they do it the next day? Right after. Okay. There we go. All now right. we, we got your DVRs. Get your, get your get, DVRs. We'll talk uh, on the weekend. Get some Scottish food ready and mm -hmm. uh, let's go. Getting the haggis ready. Haggis. Okay. That's, a, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All I'm right, gentlemen. Sure, it's I'm been real. Sure food, but. You know, it's Scottish. Yeah, blood sausage <laughs> is going to go far with eggs. All right. Okay. Have a great one, you All guys. Right, boys. All right, take care. Okay. Appreciate Ciao. it. Bye-bye. It is so golf. It's so golf.